0: Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. What you just heard are the daily applauses that have become part uh, of our new daily routine to say how thankful we are to all the people who are at the front line, risking their own lives to save others in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. Mm -hmm. Most of these everyday heroes are women, they are nurses, they are carers, they are cleaning agents, cashiers, etc. But much more than applauses, these women uh, need real recognition for their essential role in making our societies function in the long run. Today, we are therefore going to focus on the gender dimension of COVID-19, its consequences for gender inequality in women's rights, and the role for women in rebuilding our societies. Today's FEPs Talks, the podcast of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies, is the result of a fruitful partnership with the Friedrich Herbage Stiftung with whom we have been very closely following gender equality and women's rights issues across Europe and in the light of the recent EU gender equality strategy. My name is Leticia Thyssen. I am FEPs Policy Advisor for Gender Equality and Women's Rights. As the leading European progressive think tank, we believe that a fair and socially just Europe cannot be achieved without gender equality. That is why we place women's rights issues at the centre of our work. We have the pleasure and great honour to be joined today by Barbara Helferich, EU gender equality expert who has focused particularly on the key dimensions of gender equality. Welcome to our podcast. So we know each other already, Barbara, but for our listeners, could you first tell us a bit more about yourself and your work on gender equality issues?
1: Well, thank you very much, Leticia. And and also thank you very much for placing so much attention to women in the caring sector. It is really needed in, this, in these times. Uh, you refer to me as an equality expert. And yes, I have been in Brussels for many, many years and working on equality issues, both in the European Commission and uh, in the NGO, NGO sector. Um, <clears throat> but I also define myself as a as a feminist, and I have been believing all my life that everybody has the right to develop their full potential, women and men, and everybody is equal, and that women must be equal to men if we want to establish a world that is just and and democratic so now i'm i'm a feminist but i'm also an older woman and in this time in these times of crisis uh, i i have been thinking a lot about uh, caring issues and and issues of uh, nurses and doctors and and women at the front lines uh, caring for elderly people and caring for for families and friends so I've been doubly affected by this as a, as a feminist, uh, as, a, as a woman, and um, also as a gender expert, because I'm expecting a lot from the European Union in these times, uh, in particular as regards
0: gender equality. Thank you, Barbara. To start our exchange, uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic uh, we know is a profound shock to our health systems, societies and economies. And it is putting women at the heart of the current care crisis and responses all over Europe. Not only does it reveal the profound social inequalities, but also the gender inequalities as women and men are facing very different realities. Uh, So as as with other previous crises, women are the most vulnerable and at the same time, they are vital to maintaining public life and essential services. So why, Baba, made the the coronavirus fallout be worse for women than for men?
1: Well, well, indeed, Leticia, indeed, indeed. The, the deepest impact of the crisis will be on women and girls in particular, and in particular, women who face other forms of discrimination. Uh, women, in particular of, of race and ethnic origin. Women who have particular religious beliefs, uh, disabled women will be suffering more and uh, our class will play an issue. Women who are living and experiencing poverty, uh, they will be a, a great will be greatly affected by this crisis. Uh, and I could extend the list at infinitum who, who all will be affected, uh, in, in particular women, but most striking is the immediate impact on the crisis of those women, Experience uh, the many forms of domestic violence. Um, I've been just reading um, uh, an article, and, and in France, for example, the Ministry of the Interior uh, indicated that the reports on violence uh, against women, domestic violence, have increased uh, up to 36% in, in the Paris region alone. And in my own country, in, in, in Germany, uh, there has been an increase of 10%. Um, so that's that those are the real casualties of the apart from the casualties of the coronavirus the casualties of women experiencing domestic violence in multiple forms um, are the casualties of this this uh, this virus and then i think also women working in in the healthcare sectors and as you already mentioned women performing these heroic tasks uh, in professions which were previously disregarded as just or regarded just as an extension of, uh, of women's family duties, caring and mostly unpaid, but surely underpaid. And what is now considered an essential service used to be taken for granted. And uh, I'm just looking at or thinking about the post-pandemic and I hope the perception on the importance of caring will change.
0: Yes, indeed. As you say, the crisis is shedding light on how important the, the professional care providers are in our societies and at the same time how they are undervalued. But at the same time, uh, women also bear uh, the disproportionate burden of unpaid care that is at home, taking care of the children, of the households, etc. This was the case already before the pandemic. Uh, Women in general tend to to take care of household duties uh, and care work two and a half times more than men. How does the coronavirus affect the already challenging work uh, and family arrangements? And do you think that the coronavirus is a setback for feminism?
1: I think the coronavirus is is just holding up a mirror and letting us understand how unbalanced the current system is and how gendered the system is in terms of uh, caring responsibilities being squarely uh, placed on on women. And the, the virus lets us see that. Uh, it's not the coronavirus which is a setback. It is how we're actually dealing with it. Uh, yes, it is, a, it is a challenge for feminism. The, the recent stories and the recent decisions by governments, for example, restricting abortion rights or reproductive rights, uh, democratic rights are being challenged in, in, in a number of countries. just looking at the United States or or at Hungary for example or Poland. So there there are things, uh, it really questions the the ability of our governments to uphold democratic principles at this point in time and democratic principles and feminism are very closely related. On the other hand, um, I think while the virus Or the the response to the virus is a a challenge to feminism, Uh, it is also a a chance, an opportunity. And uh, feminist organizations have worked and pointed it out before that uh, we do need to change the way we do economics that our systems are too much concentrated on very narrow profit motives, and not on, on care, for example. And so maybe this is an opportunity for governments and, and citizens alike to, to, to contemplate
0: a, a different form of
1: economy and to contemplate a different value for care.
0: Well, speaking about changing our economic models, of course, uh, the current crisis is expected to be followed uh, with uh, severe economic consequences. uh, And for many reasons, indeed, women are and will be hit harder once again. What are the the specific elements that would explain this uh, disproportional effect on women? uh, And who are the most vulnerable groups uh, from an intersectional perspective, uh, some of which you already mentioned?
1: So, so, so women's position in the labor market in, in, in general is is very different from that of men. Uh, women occupy a very specific places in the labor market. The labor market is extremely segregated. Uh, where you find a majority of women, you find that the pay scales are very low. Uh, women do not occupy many uh, leading positions. So, in general, the the starting point before the crisis is already a point where uh, women cannot live up to their potential. They don't earn enough money. Uh, they, they they struggle to get uh, into positions of of, of power. Uh, so the the crisis itself uh, exacerbates the the already existing. Lower position of women in, in the labor market, and it will also exacerbate uh, the position of particular groups of women, which suffer, like migrant women, like uh, domestic wor- women, women as domestic workers, and like um, uh, women of of uh, of different ethnic backgrounds. So there, there is the intersectionality which we talk about, where uh, women and and specific specificities like race. Co- ethnicity, religion enters, uh, will find also that, uh, that their position is, uh, is made extremely more difficult. So uh, we need to watch out after the pandemic. We need to see that we design policies that are more inclusive and pay attention to uh, the particular positions of women in the labor market and in society.
0: And indeed, uh, women's different position in the labour market uh, and their often economic precariousness uh, has also some other uh, direct results which are being very much highlighted in the current situation, which is the rise of gender-based violence. Uh, you mentioned it before, uh, and according to the World Health Organization, violence against women tends to escalate uh, in case of emergencies, wars, or epidemics like uh, the one we're experiencing right now. People can no longer escape from a situation of violence, uh, going to friends or, or simply to work uh, so we can we can also we can also argue that uh, covid nineteen has some hidden or more expected casualties due to uh, social distancing. Uh, at the same time social social distancing is also uh, being used by by other actors uh, in order to push for certain agendas uh, we see we see evidence that women will suffer from a stronger economic impact and that their most fundamental rights are being put under threat. Uh, take the case of Florence. Uh, MPs have recently, said, certain MPs at least, have uh, have put back the, the topic of uh, abortion ban back on the table, which so many times sparked off massive protests. But in the current situation, obviously, uh, the lockdown is preventing this to happen, making it very handy for them to push this highly A highly controversial bill Uh, in Italy, for instance, access to sexual and reproductive health services such as contraception and uh, safe abortion becomes ever more challenging. Uh, sometimes outrightly limited because uh, because they are considered as so-called non-essential services in the present context of uh, of emergency. Uh, what what should be the what should be the progressive answers to to counter these breaches to women's most fundamental rights and needs? These are very worrying. These are very worrying times
1: for for everybody, uh, and these are very worrying times for women in particular. And it is true that we have experienced a uh, number of times before when there were, were crises that uh women's rights were considered non essential or uh, we were told to say that yeah well you know we'll deal with it later but right now uh the the, the business of the day is, is much more important than than uh, your your particular rights that is a fundamentally undemocratic approach um it's it shows again the 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 workings of a capitalist system that where where men benefit and and women take a lower position and their needs and their uh, they marginal and what we see in this particular crisis is no it's not women women are essential to whatever is happening right now in response to the crisis and a progressive response now. To those governments who actually actively and proactively curb women's rights and and or roll back women's rights in in, in particular, uh, is that they that they are not looking into the future. They are not understanding uh, the central role of, of of care, the central role that women perform right now, and they will pay for it. They will pay for it in the polls. Because what is happening, what is happening also is that women have been very active in the in the last few months. They have been organizing. They have been uh, they have been keeping families together. They have been um, they, they they have become extremely political. Uh, if you if you look at the uh, social media, women's groups are discussing. And the the progressive answer is put women at the center of policy and you will be able to get out of this pandemic uh, more or less unscathed and you will be able to create a society which is uh, more just, more democratic. uh, And and those governments who are actually uh, implementing uh, these measures against uh, women's rights, uh, they will pay, pay dearly for it. So the progressive answer is organize, organize, organize and put uh, uh, feminist principles and democratic principles at the center of uh, future policy.
0: So now is the time for political action. However, many times uh, women uh, tend to be left out of uh, political decision making. In many, in many European countries, it is men who as the politicians, but also virologists, Scientists on talk shows or expert bodies uh, are the ones to express their opinions and influence public discourse, including in the media. Uh, however, when uh, they are in leadership, women and their coronavirus response, uh, like Jacinta Arden, who just recently decided to, uh, to take a pay cut in solidarity with those hit by the uh, by the by the virus, uh, has been has been a, a masterclass in crisis uh, leadership. Uh, do you think that women are the are the secret weapon in the fight against coronavirus? Uh, and what will be the role of women in the reconstruction of a strong united Europe after the current crisis? I,
1: I think what we see now is that yes, women are at the front line uh, of the everyday fight in of the of this pandemic. Uh, and, and as I said before, women are also keeping families together. And and women in positions of power right now are extremely crucial. And not because there is a biological difference in terms of their decision making, but women have in general a broader perspective uh, in terms of decision making. I I am very comforted by the fact that we have some very good women in power at the moment. I may not agree with their political colors, uh, but I'm comforted and I'm, I'm hopeful that they will lead us through this crisis. So I'm, I'm happy that the women in power in Finland, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the German chancellor will do her utmost and most be most inclusive in the approach, uh, to, to fight the crisis. So I think that, uh, the more women are empowered, the safer the planet, and the safer the the, the, the people who live to live who live here. So I tr- I just trust in the ability of women and their, uh, to to making decisions which are not only economically oriented but also uh, have a view to uh, the the quality of life of of, of our citizens and. Uh, so I, I'm I'm very comforted by the fact that there are women in power at this particular point in time. And in terms of the post-pandemic, we all know that we need to change. We can't go on as we have gone go, gone on before. We have lived in a in a dream that we can have a society and an economy that is ever growing. So we need to make some very hard decisions in relation to how we perform economic activities, how we relate to the planet, how we fight climate change, mm-hmm. and how we govern ourselves. And governance will be a, a very important issue. And unless we have men and women equally in, in power, we will never have a real democratic system. So I think the first port call is to say we need to have an inclusive decision-making after the pandemic, uh, women having not only their their place
0: there but also their voices
1: there. And i think that's very very important
0: uh, so what you're what you're telling us leaves us with uh with some hopeful outlooks for a fair more sustainable and more exclusive society including women in the process and in order to to finish uh, our conversation on a on an inspirational note uh, i would like to to ask you since so many people right now are spending much more time at home due to the to the general uh, lockdown, uh, they are taking the opportunity to read or reread some books and reflect about the, the, the situation. What would be your personal uh, feminist reading mm-hmm. recommendations to come out of this crisis stronger and more inspired than before? It's time for poetry.
1: And, uh, and I am particularly, I like Olivia Butler, she's a Black American science fiction writer. And um, uh, and she's very inspiring, both as a, as a person in, in, in the field where women are not very present and have not been allowed to uh, have a lot of voice. Uh, but she, she's written a, a book called Kindred, and that also talks about the importance of caring. And uh, it's a very inspiring book, so I, I, I recommend her. And in terms of poetry, I, I like Ruby Kaur, a very young Indian Canadian, and um, and then I always recommend Emily Dickinson and uh, and her poem "Hope is Death thing with feathers" or Purchasing the Soul." And
0: uh, it's time to reread the classics. Very much indeed. So something definitely to be uh, to be added to the to the lockdown reading list. Thank you very much for your insightful contribution, Baba. And and thank you also to our listeners uh, for for following us. One of the main lessons we we draw from uh, today's podcast is that women's disproportionate burden burden carried during and following this pandemic requires a strong progressive and gender sensitive approach, uh, both for tackling the short and long term uh, challenges, uh, being at the national and European level. It is crucial that women are not forgotten or dealt with too late in the response to the crisis. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag Bebs Talks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.